Oh, sing it to me, Fred. Sing it to me, Fred. Fred Schneider, one of my favorite lead vocalists of American music in the last 50 years. Just a giant fan of the B-52s. And Fred, even Fred's solo work, because he is one of the weirdest individuals ever. Have you met him? I have. I interviewed him once. Oh, you did? There was a time, I believe, when the B-52s opened for R.E.M. at Midway Stadium. Does that ring a bell? Wow. When would that have been? Well, let's see. It must I was at late 90s. Wow. That sound right? I think I was there, but I might not have really been there, but yeah, been there. But yeah, and but it was it wasn't like a full blown B fifty twos, but it also wasn't Fred Schneider. I can't really remember all the details. The late nineties, I'm gonna be honest, are a little fuzzy for me. Um but I remember sitting on sort of a tour Winnebago and interviewing Fred Schneider, and he was what you would expect him to be. He Good. was bombastic and hilarious and irreverent and he was he was really great. It's the Brian Oak Show. Episode 96, rapidly zeroing in on triple digits. I don't know how that's possible. I'm joined by Sean Bernard. How are you today, Sean? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Good, hey, did good. you ever do, back when it was the thing, I think it was to raise money for ALS, the Ice Bucket Challenge? I did not. Okay. Well, I did the Ice Bucket Challenge personally, but then had to do it professionally where a bunch of people came out and we jumped into a pool filled with just giant chunks of ice and water. Oof. And, you know, it ended up being a massive viral success. Well, there's another one going around right now that is perhaps, well, I would say just as important. Other people would argue more important. I don't know how you say something's more important than a life-threatening illness, but there's a so-called challenge going around right now where everybody I know on social media is doing the I condemn white supremacy challenge. Oh, yeah. The hashtag. Yep. First of all, I think this is a good idea. So let me just go on record and participate in the challenge. I condemn white supremacy. Equality for all. Racism is for ignorant fuckfaces. That fair enough? That seems right. Okay, well, I feel like I will be on the right side of history should the human race last that long by taking that stance. I just feel like it's it's bumming me out because it feels easy. You know, I need people to vote. I need people to get active. I need people to it just, and I, and I feel it myself. That's why I didn't retweet it or reshare it. It just, it feels, I, saying you want to condemn white supremacy is like, you know, I... I I'm not sure what it is. I, I haven't fully articulated my thought on this matter. I don't know why it makes me angry. Everybody that you expect to say it is going to say it, and everybody that needs to say it is not going to say it. That's why it's irritating. Yeah, and I guess the idea of condemning white supremacy, that's always a good idea, and maybe what I'm doing is taking it for granted. Maybe that's my white privilege hanging out is, you got that right, um, hmm. is that I, you know, to me it's just always been in my head and in my heart, and so to, to come out and say it, but it's clear that in this time it... It needs to be said. Coming up, we are going to be joined by <laughs> a man who, I mean, it needs to be said. Yeah. It needs to be believed. It, does, yeah. it needs to be put into action. It, it needs shouldn't to, have to be said, but it has to be said. It does have to be said. And so I'm not trying to write it off. I just, I don't know why every time I see it pop up, I'm like, well, yeah, because you're not a monster. Well, you, of course you believe it should be condemned because you're a decent human being. And I, I don't know. It Next just, thing you're going to say, women deserve equal rights. Let's not get crazy, Sean. Huh. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> It is the Brian Oak Show, and coming up, we'll be joined by a guest who is a familiar face, a familiar name, a familiar face, by the way, which I'm jealous of, because the first time I ever saw this guy, I saw him on television. I was drinking, he was drinking, and even though we were 
literally tens of miles apart, I felt like I was drinking with him. And um, he's our guest today has this certain cool that I just I, I in my head I was trying to figure out where he was on the cool you know quadrant. I was trying to graph his cool, and I realized that he sort of for me anyway splits the difference between like um like Dick Clark and Rod Serling. You know, like wow. um, Dick Clark had. So you're a cool, saying he's dead. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope. I'm talking. I'm talking peak era Clark. Yeah. And I'm talking peak okay. era Serling. All right. Now you got. Me. In that he has this presenta- presentational style that is very good and very charming, but there's a little bit of um, grit, a little bit of darkness somewhere hidden in there, and to me that makes it all the more appealing. Ian Rands is going to be our guest coming up here shortly. You know, my other gig uh, these days, Sean, other than the Brian Oak Show podcast, is working at a record store. I love it there because I go digging through and I'm listening to things I would never, ever, ever have. Found found otherwise like a hard rock 1969 band black pearl never wow. heard of them before and it was awesome so just going through and finding that stuff i love doing it now not everyone's a winner and the band scorpions <laughs> german rock band right yeah klaus meine uh you know um matthias hobbs is the name of the other guy i like to say in that band but yeah. we all know the mega iconic 80s scorpion songs right no one oh, yeah. like you rock you like a hurricane yes. the zoo I didn't realize that was like the third tier of their career. They formed in the late 60s. And in the 70s, 70s Scorpions, I just had this revelation. And maybe lots of people, maybe everybody out there knew this but me. They've got this three-album stretch where their guitar player was a guy named Uli Roth, Ulrich Roth, right? And I didn't realize that 70s Scorpions... And 80 Scorpions is like Bon Scott era ACDC to Brian Johnson era ACDC. There's much to love in both eras, but let's be honest about which ACDC is the better ACDC. And I don't mean to geek out too hard about it, but I just, when you have these revelations and you're like, oh, there's a whole other era of this band I thought I knew, or there's a band I've never heard of that is so damn good, it's just always learning, right? It's always fun to come across something new, even if it's just new to you. I had no idea that they had this other music. You posted something about it, and that's the only way. And I didn't have a chance to listen to their stuff, but I'm, I'm always interested. I love the backstory of bands. I mean, the Beatles are the most obvious with their two years in Germany. Is that how long I they think spent? so? Yeah, it, where uh, I was blown away when I learned that, and I learned that years ago. But that they spent two years performing eight times a week. Yep unbelievable that's how you get your chops up i guess well and and so learning about these things yeah there's this whole arc of the 70s where it's much darker think of slightly more melodic black sabbath with Hmm. a really high-pitched lead singer which i know dio would go on to be in black sabbath but that was my my original thought anyway let's hear a little of this then we'll come back and check in with ian rands a delightful presidential slash covid slash what the actual fuck edition of the brian oak show
become the stars of the night. Waiting, hating, sitting alone by my window, counting the stars of the night. Waiting, hating. record is that good and then there are these weird sci-fi moments on this record i'm referring to 1976 scorpions record in trance robot man that starts off side two it's just i i I did a deep dive on this record and i love learning about a whole era of a band i never knew and ian first of all hello hey how you doing i'm good how about you Uh, lousy yeah oh we'll get to that in a minute um (laughs) i wanted to first uh ask you because you connected some dots for me this i mean they are a german rock band so it's it's not uh it's not entirely unexpected that you would have drawn some other correlations but we were talking about the prog elements in there where there is some prog but it's not that sort of so noodly you can't follow the song it's fun it's not to rock eight to. minutes long and there's not a keyboard solo yeah although there are still elements of wood elves and dragons that sort of seem to go throughout it which <laughs> they are german yeah <laughs> those who brought us wood elves <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but you said, and that's, and who are you telling me about that they um, worked with? Connie Plank uh, did that album, and mm-hmm. he was uh, helmed the mixing board for uh, a lot of Kraftwerk offshoots. The first Devo album is his. Bowie, or uh, Eno, rather, was a huge Connie Plank fan, so that's why there's a lot of cross-pollination in that era. After this, because I don't think outside of Germany at this point he was known that well, but you hear prog notes because the prog master is kind of behind the uh, controls, in my humble opinion. Ian Rands is a music fan, clearly. One of the reasons I'm very happy to have him here on The Brian Oak Show, episode 96, by the way. And we're going to dive deeper into his pathways, his career, what the hell it's like living in COVID. But first, I do have to hit a sponsor just to get the business out of the way. Smart Start MN, that's the name that's on the studio here in South Minneapolis, near 48th in Chicago. And Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition lock 
company. They're the ones, the architects, if you will. They were there at the beginning. Lots of other people have come in, but basically it boils down to this, not to oversimplify what they do, but it's a breathalyzer in your car. If you have run afoul of your drinking and driving privileges with the law, you're going to be out of your car for a while, but you're going to need to get back into it. But the only way the state of Minnesota is going to allow you in is if they know you haven't been drinking, which when you think about it is not living in a police state. That's a pretty reasonable expectation for you to not drink and drive, but you did it. You got bopped. Now you want to get back in your car and you can't do it this time. The way you ensure that is with the ignition interlock in your vehicle. Yeah. For some people, it's six months. Some people, it's a year. I Mm. know somebody that got two years without a driver's license, but go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak show. They'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Ian Rands, where are you from originally? I am from Muncie, Indiana. Very the good. Crossroads of America. The cr- and everyone I've ever met from Indiana, and it hasn't been a ton of people, but they... they <laughs> I can't wait to hear this cross sampling. Well, they, they, don't, they don't say the greatest things about their home state. What, would I, what should I know about Muncie that actually makes it a, a nice place? Well, I think what probably everyone has in common that you've talked to from Indiana is you did not talk to them in Indiana. You talk to everyone who left Indiana. Ah. See, uh, your sample group is all off. Right. Uh, so it's we're not exactly pets. we're not exactly the best ones to talk to. All right. I moved here when I was 17. Okay. And I love my parents. <laughs> <laughs> like, I moved here before I was even legal to move. I was no hurry to stick around there. And why Minneapolis? I mean, you're at the crossroads. You can literally go any direction. What sent you up here? Uh, well, I wanted to be close enough to Muncie just in case something bad happened where I could drive back, but not so close where I would have to make friends here because I knew nobody. <laughs> right. I had two p- people I kind of knew I hadn't seen since I was 11, and I moved here as my girlfriend, uh, my high school girlfriend, and needless to say, our shtick was getting pretty tired of each other. So we were both like, eh. So we were, that's pretty much all we knew for a couple of years up here. So, yeah, that's why I picked Minneapolis because, you know, first off, Minneapolis is awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, yeah, I, I wanted to go to a place kind of nearby, um, and somebody told me it was cold here. And I looked at a map, and I'm like, it can't be that cold. Like, you look at Antarctica. Right. That's way up there. Right. That's going to be cold. Mm. This is barely above us. It's yeah. not going to be that cold at all. It turns out I was wrong You were that. completely right. It's, it's when you're 17 and you make life choices. Sometimes they're not always for the best. You'd think you'd get closer to the pole, and it would just get consistently colder. But no. No, you picked about the coldest spot there is in the lower 48. Well, the, actually, the coldest spot in the lower 48. So you have been around. The first time I ever saw your face uh, <laughs> and your presentational style, uh, uh, the swagger. You know, a lot of people I describe as a man about town. I don't know if there's an individual I know that it's a more apt description. Um, you know, you host events. You are a podcast host. You and I met you because you were a television star. Now, yes. granted, local cable access, but how the, does... The star still shined, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, oh, trust me, if I stumbled across it, uh, chances are I was drinking yeah. at that time. And I remember you even used to have a call-in number, and I would get very excited to call in and talk to Ian on a show called Drinking with Ian. And Sean, uh, I want to bring you into the conversation yes. here because this is going to be, this is going to tell you a lot. Um, yeah, when I first met our, our dear friend Brian Oak over here, <laughs> he was telling me about uh, this great time he was watching Drink with Ian. He called in, we chatted, it was great. Yeah. And I had to tell him, Drinking with Ian was never a call in show. We never had, <laughs> we, I don't know who he was calling, awesome. I don't know who he was talking to. Seriously, I have the archive. We did 100 episodes. Never once. Never once was there a phone number once. at the bottom that said <laughs> no, call we in? we didn't have the technology so who to was do he ta- that. who was he talking we're to, filming, the operator? We're filming this in the main room. We don't have, I, like, an uplift. This isn't great. going out live. Like, no, so no, 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 no. This I never happened. God. <laughs> this never, ever happened. I love this so now much. Now you're telling this again? <laughs> I, you, you already popped that balloon once, and I and was in quit. such disbelief. I went right back to my original <laughs> version of the story. It's, yeah, sometimes minds get blown that way. But yeah, Who was I talking to? Exactly. I mean, I believe you were watching me. 
I don't <laughs> deny that. Yeah. But when you picked up the phone and you talked to somebody and you saw that person on the screen talking back to you, I don't know who that was. Holy cowboy. Wow. I, I love that you don't remember that part of the story because uh, I was going to bring it up anyway. It's it's this will always be what's great about having the memory that I have and apparently having just crafted a in, in, in more interesting reality than the one that I've been traveling through that I'll always have that story to have shot down. That's fantastic. All right, let's not talk about my small <laughs> and imagined role. I'm, I'm kind and, of enjoying it. An yeah. imagined role, but 100 episodes. So when I mean, when does when does drinking with Ian become an idea that you not only th- I mean, sitting around talking about it it sounds like yeah. a great idea, but then putting anything together like that is actual work, which yeah. means you have to fucking love it. When did you decide I'm doing a show called drinking with Ian? Well, I hosted a number of events in town, mm-hmm. um, as, as you mentioned, but this is, uh, you know, when I was still pretty young and just still kind of getting my sea legs and I was, you know, very confident, like 23, and I uh, realized the only person who was going to put me on TV was probably going to be me. And um, I drew a lot of inspiration from somebody who's been a guest on your podcast, uh, the one and only Mr. Fancy Ray McCloney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when oh, yeah. I moved here in 94, uh, the one of the main things that really delineated Minneapolis from, you know, the backwater burger I was from was that you could turn on TV, as I did, and tune and see Fancy Ray's face. Right. And just his patter, everything about him, like, oh, my God, this is a beautiful new world I live in. <laughs> and and it further opened my mind to, like, how great, weird-ass public access can be. Like, I mean, it, it's not just, you know, people, you know, sitting around, you know, bitching about politics or reading people's horoscope or something like that. Um, you can do legitimately weird shit. And when Ray, I, th- I know he went to L.A. for a while and he kind of retired from the scene, I was just still watching public access, waiting for someone to do something weird. And yet again, I guess I will try to pull the stone out of the earth, try to pull the sword out of the rock and uh, see if I can make it happen. And that's what we did. So, yeah, it was love of the game, but the game was largely let's do weird stuff in public. And and what so what was uh give me one example of I mean in a way it was a talk show in a way it was musings about life around us give me an example of one moment or segment or uh-huh. situation that exceeded your expectations where you're like I came in expecting good things and I mean like was there a time that you had your mind blown on that I've show? had my mind blown a couple times um this is the name drop portion of the show for please me to edit this out later no uh, no when we had uh, Diablo Cody on. Oh, yeah. Well, and Diablo Cody was mm. just a writer for City Pages. She had a blog, Pussy Ranch, which was great. And we all knew her and we all loved her. And, um, I mean, actually, I didn't even know her. I met her in a pre-interview to do the show because, believe it or not, we did pre-interviews. Weird. I know, right? What? I, it, was, it, was, it was at a <laughs> What's bar. What's that? You know, I think we made just enough money where I could have a you know, little bit of an expense account. So let's go get drunk. Right. Uh, and we just, you know, shot the shit and it was great. And she did the show. And after the interview was pretty much done and I was ready to toss to a break, She's like, oh, yeah, and I wrote a script. Uh, I think it's getting picked up. And I'm like, well, what's it called? She's like, I don't really want to talk about it. I'm like, well, you just brought it up on stage. What the hell? We're talking about it. Okay, it's called Juno, you know, and it's all this stuff. And, you know, within a year, she's on Oprah talking about it. But legitimately, the first mention of it in public, I believe, was on Drinking with Ian. Drinking okay. with Ian. 100 yeah. episodes. Hey, are, is that available on DVD? No. Where do I get the archives? No. Um, because I am going to go back and watch every goddamn episode until I find the one with yeah. the phone number on okay. it. Well, yeah, that's great. Uh, you've got a lot of a lot of watching to do then. Brian. <laughs> will, will it uh, will it ever be available? It's I mean, out like- there. It's it's out there if you know where to look. If you happen to have a Roku device, um, I work with a uh, great comedy label that's based here in town called Stand Up Records. They have a Roku channel that I kind of run, so the archives of Drinking with Ian are on there. So Stand Up Channel on Roku is where it is. There's a couple miscellaneous episodes out there 
on uh, on the YouTubes, and there are DVDs that exist, but they're just for the first two seasons. So All we right. really started hitting our stride after that, I thought. All if right. you can call it a stride. I, I would say it's a stride. We'll talk more yeah. about the Ian Rand story, but also this modern world we live in and what it's like on your above-average man around town. Uh, but first, I want to get to some music, because we got to have music on this show. That is, first and foremost, the reason why we do this. And every single guest we have on, I ask them to pick either their own music or something that matters to them and something that they love. And I think that the, everybody could come up with their own reason why they love this next song we're going to hear. Why do you love it? Why did you pick it? Well, I rediscovered this band after Record Store Day. Not, not the most recent one, but the one before that, where they had a uh, limited edition live album out. I'm talking about the Pretenders, uh, and it's I, it's almost so much a part of my DNA. I overlook it, as I mentioned to you earlier off mic, or maybe even on mic. I was raised in a record store. My father owned a record store from the time I was five to the time I was seventeen. I was pretty much there because they wouldn't afford babysitters. Yeah, so that was prime era for the Pretenders and this this era of pop. And this song always, even as a child, I realized it transcended you know your two minute fifty pop song. There is something special happening in this recording, right? Everybody stand up. Oh, it's good, good, good. Say I love you, 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 I love you. 
The Pretenders here on The Brian Oak Show, which is sponsored in part by our good friends at Buster's on 28th in southeast Minneapolis, right there over by Lake Hiawatha, you know, where Baker's Wife, the bakery is over there, right there on that same block, right across from Bill's Garden, Asian place. Yeah. Yeah? How is no. Bill's Garden? Um, It's weird. I have friends who, at Buster's, by the way, we're sorry, I'll get right back to you, I yeah. promise. Bill's, I have friends who rave about it and say they will drive to get there, even though it's not the closest Asian yeah. place. I live... Two blocks from it, and it so it's good. And that's why you should go to Buster's on 28th. Especially when literally across <laughs> the street is a place like Buster's on 28th. As we've mentioned before, as the seasons are changing and the Cosmic Ballet continues, they are making the transition from all of their summer-themed ales to their fall-themed ales. Now, I am an admitted beer idiot. I am not a beer guy. But they've got beers from all over the world. They have craft beers. If you are a beer person, you will enjoy the fine selection there which i guess you can also still take away with curbside is that right yeah that's my understanding you can uh, order online now which uh, they just started what about six weeks ago and uh do curbside to go or you can go in uh, last time i was in there was i was pleasantly surprised that it was as full as it can be with COVID 19 they had everybody socially distanced but it was fantastic to see them doing well please support busters on 28th I may have misremembered calling in to drinking with Ian, <laughs> but I know something I did not misremember is some of my earliest memories of being aware of who Ian Rands was, was the fact that he would always promote himself as a write-in candidate on upcoming election ballots. Yeah. And I know that we're heading towards one of the most important elections of our time. I actually went and early voted at the government center downtown, and I noticed that uh, Kanye West, he's right there oh, really? on the ballot. Exactly. Wow. What do you, was... Well, how do you feel that would impact your chances as a writing candidate for president? Well, I've been taking away votes from Kanye for years, so it's only fair <laughs> that he's getting his back. Uh, I wish that he didn't pick this election. He right. could have gone for, you know... Uh, you know, state governor, anything smaller like anything. that. Yeah, commissioner of some sort. But no, you know, it's Kanye. What are you going to do? He's always going to have try to one-up me. But yeah, um, what, about 10 years ago, I decided um, I was driving around. You know, it was obviously election time. There's signs everywhere. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, you know, yet again, back to the classic comedy stuff where, like, you're Pat Paulson's. You're people who are always, like, perennial losers but always out there working it. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, the three people who will remember Pat Paulson, I'm sure very much appreciate the reference. Um, but, yeah, so I was like, well, you know what, screw it. I'm going to be all 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 purpose right in candidate. I'll put a Facebook group together and yeah, about every two years I update it and go, yeah, vote for me. I don't think I'll be doing it this year. I think I'll I will stand back and let the big boys play. Okay. But um, I mean like what about like soil and water conservation district? Well, officer? what does it pay? I imagine it pays pretty good. It's Even be the something. most lowly government employee probably does better than I do. You should I, try to take on one of these incumbent judges. Yeah. Because they're they're running unopposed. Just don't, take don't them on. Don't you have to have a law degree? No. See, that's exactly it. That's what I think I misunderstood. I assumed I needed some sort of legal no. background. Up and on this side of the bench. You, you know? need I, votes. Get the votes first, okay. and then you can get that schooling out of the way. Okay. Well, and if at one point you did need some sort of legal credentials, I feel like we're probably rapidly growing out of that particular restriction. Pretty soon all restrictions will be gone, and it will be a literal free-for-all. I am an ordained minister, and I'm willing to bet there's a similar website that could also get me a law degree. Yep. Okay. Universalist church. Yeah. 
<laughs> of judges. <laughs> oh, good times. Speaking of uh, politics and writing in and the importance of voting, voting is important. Please do go and vote in this election. And for the people who are nervous about whether or not their mail-in works or whatever, you know, I went downtown and because downtown is a ghost town right now, there was nobody down there. And, you know, you don't have to worry about a lot of people being around you if you're if you're COVID paranoid about being out in public. There was nobody there. I walked in, talked right to the person, went over and filled out my ballot. Then it went into three different envelopes because it's technically an absentee ballot. Since I'm voting early, it goes in the box. And that 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 project is over. The only I never do anything before the absolute last second. And that one I just took care of. We need to get out and vote. If, if there was ever an indicator it would be the most recent um, debate that happened just a few nights ago with uh, the president, as it were, and his challenger, Joe Biden. And I've never... Did you watch, Ian? Bits. Yeah. yeah well, And that's really all that I could stomach either. I mean, I was sitting through all of it, but I wasn't wrapped by the entire thing. No, I was lucky enough to be playing bocce with your friend Jason Nagel. Really? Uh, and ah. He actually, he kind of runs things. He's the commissioner of the bocce league. Oh. Uh, and uh, they had turned off the music and put on the debate. And he's like, do you, and he just kind of came to me, like getting a read of the room. Uh-huh. Do you want to hear this? I'm like. Fuck no. Right. (laughs) Seriously, like, I can be angry on my own, Jason. I don't need any outside (laughs) sources. I'm not very good at bocce, and I'm very competitive, so I'm already kind of in the red here. I don't need... This drag on, and I knew that I was going to be hearing about it for the next forty-five minutes, regardless. The best well, thing about that bocce league, I'm sorry to divert, but the fine. best thing about that bocce league are the names of the teams. What is the name of your bocce team? Well, unfortunately, I play with Palmers. Uh, Tony Zaccardi, also a guest here, has been oh, one of yeah. my best friends for over twenty years. Uh-huh. So the name of the team is Palmers Bar. Yeah, I mean, which is right across the street. Yes, exactly. It's not bocce chi or any sort of fun <laughs> play on there's always going to be a chubachi you know no we're just well there bo- was joni oh. loves bocce which was a really good one that's not bad that's i like bad. i like that one a lot rather solid is nagel any good at bocce and i want an honest answer uh, yeah a little too good i mean because not only is he a decent bocce er i guess and bocciest bocciolite bocci- yeah bocciolism uh ooh, that's a good name too Hell, <laughs> oh, that's a great one bocciolism um so but yeah so not only is he good he's also the commissioner and since he's the commissioner he's the one who has to come out on a dispute play to measure so i'm like hey it better come our way or everyone's going to look at you like you're obviously in somebody's pocket because you right, are conflict right. of interest oh so maybe you know next next time there's an election maybe i could be a bocce we maybe we can get this a real thing i could be like an actual bocce overall for the state or something uh-huh try to make sure there's no conflicts of interest like that it happen you know uh, i'm also a good friend of tony and i'm not trying to promote any venue over another venue in fact that's not too far for, i live in southeast minneapolis mm-hmm. so anything that that benefits that area is fantastic your thoughts on the name part wolf <laughs> um heard worse okay i mean and it's not something and something like onion and bread basket or <laughs> you know flowers and bouquet yeah. or it's so we've got past that part wolf is not bad i you know what it's no it's actually i probably like it better than nomad what really? about part wolf yeah. and part sheep did they think about that one i don't even understand what that means well, he said there's an ant. Oh, I see. Well, he's he's like, you know, like spoon and stable. <laughs> I know, or, I know, I know. I was trying not to mention any actual places. No, and that's it's a great, it's a great name. Anyway, my original point was <laughs> about the debate. Thank you. It's always was, good was, when you have to point it out. <laughs> it was about the debate, and I, I felt really bad for, what's his name? Chris Wallace, the, the yes. moderator? Yes. That's because true. if there's anybody who's done more to strive to be at the center of what is considered the highest level of debate 
should be considered the highest level of debate debate in the modern world. And you know Chris Wallace was on the debate team when he was growing up, right? I mean, he observes the rules. He observes order, news, journalism, balance. He he is at the pinnacle, and he was helpless in the face of Hurricane Poopy Diaper. Yeah. It was, it was, so I I thought with your level of experience moderating and dealing with the punches as they come, because you have hosted so many damn events and not all of them can go swimmingly. I'm certain that there have been a few that have been train wrecks. I've got a scar from here where I got hit uh, by a bottle from a skinhead. I'm sorry. We're. Where what, what event were you hosting? The uh, skinhead punk, punk karaoke. Um, and I don't I I don't know if he was that kind of skinhead, but for the story's sake, we'll say it was using that. Kind well, of if he's violent and throwing bottles, you I'm know, cool it with does, the name skinhead. It does kind of apply that, I guess. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah absolutely. And, he, and to even further tell the story later on, he's like, "Oh, it was just a joke." I'm like, "Oh, you bastard!" Oh, <laughs> like, that's... Like, I mean, do it because you hate me. Don't do it because you think you're being funny. Because you can bomb in different ways without me getting hit in the funny bone. Yeah. Wow, oh, man, and you have a scar from it. I so, what I mean, do you think you could have? in that shit show or is it just all gone is it over is there any decorum left on well, planet earth first off chris wallace is a pale imitation of his father uh mike wallace for me will always be a personal hero right um chris wallace is kind of whatever yeah uh do i think i could have done a better job sure okay <laughs> for good. argument's sake yeah no good. i know i mean what do you do i mean you, it was exactly how it was going to play out it was going to be this kind of bombastic thing because you know trump was going to talk about anything of any depth he was just going to sit there and dog whistle and in piss all over everybody's shoes. Yeah, I mean, and I definitely think that, um, you know, the mute button would have come in handy. But oh, I also man. was thinking, you know, I mean, Biden did do a good job telling him to shut up. I think Wallace could have done some more like, hey, you, zip it. Right. Shut, shut up. And he tried. And yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. It, Petulant it baby was, man. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> Petulant baby man is the name of my new acoustic side project. Ooh. I like that very much. <laughs> Ian Rands is our guest. Let's get to another song. Now here you've gone a little... Uh, left field uh, because I only again working at a record store I only found out about this band within the last year and a half and really didn't know much about them but have since dug into their records so this even though this band is decades old I have I it was within the last year that I found out about them yeah this is uh, a band that's uh, boy San Francisco late 70s mm-hmm. uh, ran in some of the same groups as some of the residence offshoots like the Ralph Records people and I was raised really my father loved the residence so growing up wait 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 back up for yeah. two seconds I don't want to interrupt your story. Your no. dad loved the residence. Oh yeah, huge fan, huge fan. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. is your dad? So when you said your dad owned a record store, he wasn't like some square record store. No, it wasn't a music lab. No, no, he he was cool and dug real music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. Right on. Yeah, he actually uh, he kind of you know by letter knew members of the residence. My father corresponded what? with John Peel. I have a letter. Come his, on. He passed away like seven years ago, not to bring the story down. But I was going through his papers, because that's what they're called now, which was just a box of stuff. Right. And then like, there's a letter from John Peel in here. Why? He, he, ran a, he ran a cassette, a, kind of an industrial cassette label. Out of, I mean, when industrial wasn't just, you know, like, you know, Einstein, no button. Yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, weird guys banging stuff in a basement. And it was a cassette label that uh, actually got some, uh, you know, esteem by underground weirdos. Uh, called Bob Chaos. Really? And I, about 15 years ago, started BobChaos.com and digitized all the old tapes because they were just sitting getting dusty in a box and they were used to be sold, but nobody was selling them anymore. So I'm like, let's just put it all out there. So yeah, BobChaos.com, there's a whole bunch of this weird, weird stuff, which at the time, you know, when Rod Stewart's on the radio, I'm already a redhead with a bit of a stutter uh, when I was a child. I was already chick repellent and friend repellent the last thing i needed the last thing i needed was a working knowledge of san francisco art bands this is not helping me cross the finish line in any way shape or form so it took me a while to embrace 
this stuff. And uh, when I uh, found Chrome, the band we're about to listen to, it, it it opened some doors in my mind. I love I love this band. They put out. They're still playing in kind of a permutation. There used to be two members. Now one of the members has passed on. Now it's just Helios Creed, who uh, used to be signed on an Amphetamine Reptiles local label of Esteem as well. Uh, but yeah, Chrome, they're great. They have a bunch of albums out. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, I say you get familiar. And if this doesn't scare you away, you're going to love them. Chrome is the kind of cool proto-industrial stuff that would, I seem to like feel like when I was, when I was young and first discovered cool music, different music, Chrome is the sort of band that would be playing in a record store that I'm not cool enough to be in, which is all of the record stores other than Musicland. If the guy from uh, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Labs had a playlist, oh yeah, um, <laughs> there would be a couple Chrome songs on there. There's no, no question. Yeah. Oh wait. You know what? Actually, maybe we should look up Spotify see if there are any Buffalo Bill playlists because I bet there are. <laughs> I, I bet there take are. Us in some weird, weird oh, places. Yeah. You know what we're gonna do? Because we, we, we don't have that kind of time, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no. What we're gonna do? Just get our own lives. Lives, next you know. time, no. Next time when you come back, let's go ahead and do a Buffalo Bill theme show. You know, in October, I plan on doing lots of Halloweeny type stuff. Great if you want to, yeah. if you want to do a home imprisonment, yeah. keeping people in a well sort of playlist, take a look online. We can absolutely I do that. I think we could make that happen. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> How did you feel about the um, comparison I made when I said that you remind me, you bring the the mid mid level uh, the the middle mid-level. ground that's me no right no, no 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 mid ground cool of a dick clark and a rod serling to will, all the proceedings i will take that every time that yeah? is I, I being a big fan of both and two men that definitely shaped my childhood in their various uh tele- i mean not night gallery as much right but i mean night gallery was still cool it man. was still really cool it wasn't as groundbreaking as nothing, twilight nothing zone could be precisely but night gallery also had that weird sort of too much orange carpeting cool 70s vibe Like late 60s, early 70s. And um, I don't know, man. I think, again, not Twilight Zone. It couldn't be. But I think Night Gallery was all right. Rod Serling was a man built for black and white and thinner lapels. To see him kind of in color and sweaty in a suede or a corduroy is not something I needed to see. But someday I'll give it a shot. There's also uh, (laughs) a Twilight Zone radio drama that ran in the early 70s that no one knows about. But it's up on archive.org. They're all recorded like absolute crap. I assume they're off air from like seventy two. But there, if you like the Twilight Zone, there are there's still gold in those heels. Those heels. Those yeah. heels. This is the second podcast in a row where our guest has referenced archive.org. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to do. Actually, I got nothing to do tonight. I'm going to have to make a deep dive because I've been led to believe that archive.org is sort of this gigantic you can get lost of, yeah. of music, of video, of whatever. Is it video or is it all it's, audio? It's video as well. Uh, with Drinking With Ian and with other video things, there's something called the Prelinger Archive, where it's a whole lot of uh, copyright-free, a lot of industrial, yet again the word industrial, but this is industrial films from like the 50s. Like where, wow. yeah, hey, if, you, if you've ever seen a television show where like, you know, they reference, you know, like somebody getting their hand cut off, the original film is on there. Okay. And all of this cool stuff's in there. And, but our, archive.org, like the rest of the world, you kind of need a breadcrumb trail to follow otherwise you're just going to be overwhelmed by just the volume of you know i mean because there's just absolute crap on there too because it's everything everything all right very good twilight zone just real quick brian twilight zone i've always thought somebody could do that on the stage the Mm -hmm. sets were so simple if it was done right could be pretty phenomenal. And their years on video, because they, they went live to tape for a season, and that's basically what's happening. It's yeah. like a high school reproduction of a Twilight Zone episode. I'd with, love to go yeah. to that. No, it's great. Yeah, and that would be that would be wonderful if somebody out there, hint, hint, wanted to put together a theater a theater <laughs> troupe, these, these Sterling players. Sterling oh, players, yeah. Sterling players. That's a good idea. Um, for me, Ian Rand's in a domestic scenario, or... I don't know, uh, camping. That's not what I think of. What I think of when I think of Ian Rands is being out and about. I think of being out at bars. I think of being out at restaurants. I'm not trying to pigeonhole you or paint you with too broad a strokes and make you less interesting for it, but I associate you with being out of doors and going to bars and clubs. We live in an era where, with little exception, there's no more of that. What has your life like but what's your life been like during COVID? Well, when you asked me how I was doing at the top of the show, uh, I told you lousy. Uh, yeah, well, I told you I mean, we'd get back I to mean, it, I too. I should have just gestured wildly and went, oh, all this. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's been rough for everybody. I mean, we all had big plans. Um, I had, you know, some stuff that I was going to unveil this year that was going to that was en route to happen. Of course, it never did. Um, but honestly, uh, overall, um, I kind of appreciate the lack of pressure that yeah. COVID has brought us. Like, you know what? I, I don't know if being in Minnesota did it to me or me, I came to Minnesota because of it. But I think I've become much more of an introvert, much more of a homebody because of that. So now I don't really necessarily feel the need to go out because I can't. But, yeah, there is something definitely lacking out there. And you every post you read of loneliness and desperation, there is some of that out there. Just the base level human contact that you have. 
And sometimes, oftentimes, in a bar or a saloon, someplace where you just kind of bump into people you haven't seen for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I am to people. I'm that guy you haven't bumped into for a couple of years right now, and I don't like it. Well, I, yeah, no, and I don't want to not bump into you for that long a time. And I hope you don't. I, I hope you don't take that the wrong way when I characterize no, you as someone I'm used to seeing out and about, because that's where you and I ran into each other all the time. Ian Rands, not camper. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. that's exactly what I I would like with every every beat of my heart. That makes perfect sense. Avid endorsement. Yes, as exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. Precisely. Have cocktail will travel um what is so i mean you can't unveil things that obviously aren't going to come to pass what are you doing with your time well um i am kind of like uh, you know do you ever watch king of the hill oh yeah uh, you know the character boomhauer of course uh-huh. like in <laughs> you're king more articulate hill, well in king of the hill though like they never really explained you know what he did for a living or what his name first name was i'm kind of <laughs> like that i'm kind of like an underwritten character for a lot of people because i go so what exactly do you do hey it's not important don't worry about it uh i'm just kind of around you know i show up you smile that's all we need yeah. um no i actually um i do a lot of uh, design and video work um actually chris maddock who was just on the show not too long ago yep um i directed and edited his uh special which is coming out soon or is already out i believe it's out tomorrow that would be friday october 2nd yeah. uh and that's why we had him on earlier yes. um because uh we want to do uh, what we can to promote upcoming stuff and, and it's he- really good he's he's great i mean and he's as funny a, as a local guy he obviously cut his teeth uh hosting the open mic at grumpy's which i directed a documentary for that just came out like three months ago because it was sitting on old hard drives that I'd shot, you know, three years ago, and we put it out to the acclaim of many. Yeah, don't don't underplay that. They're like that. I, I love that kind of thing because for people who don't know and people who love this city, that's a thing that I hadn't heard about before. Yeah. And so where I mean, where would people find it? That it's called Death's Last Stand. It's up on YouTube. Uh, we kind of released it air quotes uh, with city pages. Uh, they did a nice write up about it and got it out to the masses. So yeah, look up Death Last Stand. It's it's a loving story of it's it's a, it's full documentary length of an open mic. And I don't think you had to be a regular at Grumpy's. I don't even think you had to even have to live in the city. It kind of tells a human story of all of these people who are going to this thing and they've been going there for fifteen years and they love it but they hate it and they're kind of torn on how it's how their childhood is almost passing. Like a certain era of their youth is no longer going to be there. And a lot of that gets told in there. And there are dick jokes. So you put them both together. You got a recipe for excess. Um, yeah, I've had a, I've, I've had my birthday in that yeah. room before. I love that Grumpy's downtown. As I told when Chris was in here, best tater tots that have ever been made in the Twin Cities. The end. By far my favorite. And the daytime bartender, Ty, knew, oh, yeah. how, to, knew how to pour a drink. Oh, yeah, he did. That guy was not afraid to pour a drink. Yes, he did. Um, their menu punched so far above its weight class. Yeah. Everything there was great. I always... I didn't, you know, there's a certain point where I wasn't going there as much as I used to, but it still held a soft spot in my heart because Mm -hmm. I knew I could go there whenever I wanted. Yep. And when I, when the writing was on the wall that they weren't going to be there much longer, I definitely started making myself more of a regular. And uh, luckily for that last night for uh, their open mic night, the Death Comedy Jam, uh, bring down a couple cameras and shoot everything, just get all of the coverage and figure it out later. And who would have thought that a global pandemic would have brought me to that point? And I'd also shot stuff uh, five years earlier. So there's some comedians that are no longer with us that are in the documentary as well. So it was a nice it was nice to have the time, even though the reason I had the time was not so nice. Anyway, though, uh, what I do for a living, though. <laughs> well, no, and I was, I'm just asking what you're doing to fill yeah. the time, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, so no, like, without a doubt. how like are you that. staying sane in all this stupidity? And if you like what you're doing for a living, and we'd also <laughs> like to look at your tax returns well, before you leave. Well, geez, 750 bucks, if lucky. <laughs> um yeah, no, it's it's a lot of that. I I kind of like immersing myself in work, um, which is weird because I am a, a lazy, lazy man. But yeah, we've I've been making home improvements. Nothing exciting nor interesting. But yeah, it's it's been a lot of introspection and Netflix. 
with my long-suffering girlfriend. I'm okay. not just there alone. There's a cat. There's there's a girl. There's domestic bliss. It's not just me sitting around. You know. Yes, please. Do you have save do, me. do you have a, do you have a, a net, do you have a Netflix poll that has blown your mind? Oh, jeez. And I don't um, want to put you on the spot because I just I keep looking for things and like I I have a collection of Cthulhu items at home. So Lovecraft Country should be my perfect show, like a show literally made for me. And I'm just sort of uh, and I keep waiting for I don't want to watch Shit's Creek all the way through for yeah, a third time. Yeah. And although I still laugh my ass off the second time. I know that there is an impossible and unprecedented amount of content out there right now. In the world, and yeah. I can't I can't find a show that's making me like, oh, let's watch another well, one. First off, let's you, watch another one. You need to watch Saxondale. Yeah. Write it down. Saxondale. S-A-X-O-N-S-A-X-O-N-D-A-L-E. Dude, I'm telling you, I got a free night today, and archive.org sounds like I need weeks. You will be lost in it. Yeah, and I don't even... Saxondale was on Netflix. It stars Steve Coogan. And he was... He's Tommy Saxondale in the show. He is a former roadie for bands like Deep Purple. Now he's now he does pest extermination in northern London. Awesome. Come on. If I need to tell you anything else. No, you don't. It ran for two seasons and is absolutely brilliant. And this is from 10, 12 years ago. I don't watch as much Netflix as I do. I skim the internet for all music or all music rock documentaries. Pretty much any documentary. I'm a documentary fan. I'm always on the Reddit page of seeing what's out there. And luckily, I am on the selection committee for Sound Unseen the film festival that we are uh, graced enough to have in this first city. And this is their first year going online only, so we're going through a lot of films to see how it would work in a streaming live environment. So that has also been keeping me, you know, well-heeled and very good documentaries, and they're going to have some great stuff this year. Fantastic. Well, maybe we'll have you or Mr. Brunzel come by to talk about that. I mean, that's coming up fairly quickly, yeah? Yeah, I try not to think about it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm on the selection committee. I'm not planning. So, yeah, let the stress be where it should be. Okay, exactly. Well, uh, good luck with everything, man, and it's super cool of you to come down, and um, we may have to do that um, that Buffalo Bill playlist idea. I like that for a Halloween type thing. Do you think you can come up with enough creepy stuff? Oh, I, I, oh, I think I can. <laughs> I think I might be able to. Very good. Oh, hey, before we go, Sean, I'm so sorry I got caught up talking to Ian that I did not think about you and your needs. Wow. Yeah, again, shocking, I know, but uh, in addition to being my business partner, my friend and producer of The Brian Oak Show, he's also a sponsor of The Brian Oak Show, and you are a, uh, in you know, b- before you t- jump into the phone booth and transform into Superman as part of The Brian Oak Show, yes. mild-mannered Sean Bernard is a realtor for Edina Realty. I am. Call me, 612-859-2594, if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell, 612 859 Two five nine four. Just back up this podcast if you missed that number twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is, I always I'm used to twenty five years of radio where you have people hit the name and the website and the phone number yes. eight hundred times. Yes. In this particular format, once is plenty because they can go back <laughs> can and li- pause? just listen to it over and over again, over and over, over again, over and over. What are you going to do with the rest of your day? Ian? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Stare at the sun for a while. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> My cat is pretty needy, and she's probably in a warm spot on the bed. Maybe I'll try to move in on that. Oh, man, I do love that. What's your cat's name? Origami. Origami. Yes. What kind of cat? Um, Short. Very tiny. She's about 10 years old. Uh, very tiny, all of five pounds. She was like found, a little one. found on the mean streets of St. Paul. You don't Not say. much is known about her past. She <laughs> holds her secrets tight. <laughs> yeah, I've got a rescue too, but I think he weighs about 45 pounds. So. I, I thought my girlfriend rescued it, but then when she told me about it, she said, oh yeah, she had a collar on when I got her. I'm like, you stole somebody's cat. <laughs> 
hoarder of stolen cats yeah. and many other things. Ian Rand's our guest. Ian, thank you very much. Before we cut you loose and let you go, I want to thank everybody who's a Patreon supporter of the show. Also, all the people who have done the um, the things that don't get any thanks, like updating photos on our website or um, you know coming up with the logo for the Brian Oak Show. Everybody who's been involved, we literally could not do this without you. So thank you very much. All we ask is that when you're done listening, you you know share, amplify. Go ahead and bump up that Patreon support number. Just kidding. We're very appreciative for what we have. But you can always become a member. Just go to patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show. So we're going to end with a band that, um, you know, I think when people are always like, who's the greatest band of all time, Beatles or Rolling Stones? I think it's a dumb argument because... The answer is the who. Well... (laughs) Oh, that's a whole other show right there, because the answer is actually the kinks. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, but the Rolling Stones are without question, well, they got a lot more life out of themselves, one of the greatest bands of all time, and a band that went through many different permutations, you know, the, the Graham Parsons impact would last on them yeah. through the first half of the 70s. And in the 60s, they started out as another R&B blues band. But then in the late 60s, they decided to spend a little time getting weird, because that's what the late 60s were all about. And that's where you made a pull from here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, by weird, you mean high. Yeah, because they're getting, they're getting very weird. Very weird indeed. Exactly. Um, and this is the album that they have kind of disowned. I mean, you have Between the Buttons, which they don't talk about, but they still appreciate. And then you've got... Uh, Satanic, Satanic Majesties. For some reason, it's hard for me to say. Right. Um, which is, has the coolest cover in rock and roll history. It, it's and the it's, weird blue and white cloud one, and a lot of them just have the picture, but if you find one of the old school ones, it's got that, what did you call it? Lenticular. Lenticular cover. Yeah, where if you look at it from different angles, you see different angles of the shot. Oh. Um, it's it's cool stuff. Very ahead of its time. Uh, and a lot of people have, uh, a lot of people, fools, we'll call them, <laughs> say that this is the Rolling Stones answer to Sergeant Pepper. No, because the, I think the Beatles, they kind of took more uppers. They're more of a happy bunch. No, the Stones knew when to kind of go in the, in the, in the downer direction. Mm-hmm. There's some dark corners in this album, and uh, that's one of, the album, or one of the songs that I brought in today. Yeah, well, it's a good one. So from Her Satanic Majesty's Request, you've gone with the song Citadel. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Sean. I'm Brian Oak. That'll do it for The Brian Oak Show.
Yeah.